welcome to Restart Radio, a very different show about gadgets on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is a different show because unlike most, we do not focus on the new shiny shiny things you buy. We focus on the value in the stuff we already have. The Restart project aims for a shift of behavior towards a more sustainable and happier relationship with electronics. Our monthly community electronic repair events here in London are just the beginning. My name is Ugo Vallauri from the Restart project and I'll be your host. I'm joined today by my partner in crime Janet Ganter. Hi. And by Alex Pergescu of London-based repair company Lovefone. Hi. Thanks for being with us, Alex. In this episode, we're going to have a chat with you about recent trends and in mobile phone repairing and news items we've seen recently that link to these stories. But first, we wanted to hear more about an exciting new project that your company, Love Phone, has recently started. Yeah, uh, well, uh, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, it's great to be here. Um, and yeah, we've uh, just over a week ago, we've uh, launched a new concept in terms of uh, smartphone repairs. Uh, basically, you can now get your smartphone repaired in a phone box in Greenwich. Wow. So you're saying that now you can go to one of those beloved uh, red phone box, iconic London only, or sorry, UK only phone boxes. And actually, there's a new use for them? Uh, yep. Yeah, um, well, uh, we got this idea a few months ago um, about using phone boxes because um, we, we got into one and uh, it seemed to provide enough space for uh, what we need to do, smartphone repairs. And um, actually, there is a company that uh, runs them out. So uh, we got in touch with them. Um, we took measurements. We kitted it out um, for our purpose. And uh, yeah, we've... Uh, We've now started doing uh, smartphone repairs. And you have uh, someone working uh, most of the week from, from the phone box, uh, one of your technicians. Uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're open Monday to Friday at the moment. But uh, yeah, we, we uh, plan to, to have uh, them there over the weekend as well. Wow. And it's, you also mentioned it's right next to a pub. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, next to a very nice pub called Dimitri. And uh, yeah, uh, they're lovely guys. They've welcomed us to, to the area. Um, and uh, some people drop off their phone for repair and go, go to the pub for a coffee or a pint. Yeah, and it's, it's right on Greenwich High Road, right in the center of the heart of Greenwich. Yes. Yeah, wow. That's a great location. So you can take advantage of the fast repairs while having exactly the time for a pint or other <laughs> beverage and then collect it back. So I, we thought it would be fun to actually talk to uh, one of your uh, repair um, people in there. Uh, and so we are going to connect to Silvio Chargizan. Silvio, can you hear us? Hi there. Hi, Silvio. So you're technically speaking to us from inside the red phone box in Greenwich right now. Yeah, practically I'm outside the box now. It's a bit warm today. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm living inside there for seven hours today. <laughs> you take a break. So yeah. what is it like to repair a phone inside a phone box? It's okay. For one guy, I mean, you have enough space to do your own repairs. 
And uh, Silvio, do you have people who kind of want to have a chat and who want to watch you? Uh, because it seems like something that often people don't get a chance to see. Yeah, people are curious and almost all of them, they want to see what's happening, what you do with their devices. So it's a very cool idea. So it's apparently the world's smallest uh, repair store, but it kind of reminds us of some very cubicle-like stores we've seen in other countries of the world, across Africa or elsewhere, where people are uh, really making the most of any little bit of space available. Um, how did you get all the tools you need for, for your work in there? Enough space to have all the tools that you need for smartphone repairs, even for iPads. Okay. At, the, at this stage, you guys are repairing mostly um, iPhones in there? Uh, yes. We do almost every Apple device, but we want next to Samsung, you know, kind of Okay, excellent. And uh, how many how many people have you seen today? Just out of curiosity, have you? Yeah, just one friend, but uh, yeah, one more maybe. It's a slow process. People need to trust us and see what I'm doing. So people are spreading the word, uh, probably by word of mouth in the neighborhood. Is that right? Yeah, they're still looking what's happening. That guy inside. <laughs> What's that guy doing in the box? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. And um, Alex told us that you also help people charge their mobiles. Is that right? Yeah, we have a service that people can leave their devices. We can charge them for free. Excellent. There's small boxes. They can take the key out and come back. Excellent. Excellent. Well, good luck with the rest of the day and, uh, and enjoy the phone box. We'll come and pay you a visit soon. Thanks. Okay, thank you for the call. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Yeah. So it, it's really interesting, Alex, that uh, in a way you need to create a whole new set of awareness around it because business people need to be aware and also trust w what happens in that phone box. Um, yeah, that's true. Um, I think... Yeah, local awareness is very important, uh, but because uh, because it's a new concept and uh, people find it well different <laughs> to see to see a phone box kitted out as a, as a almost like an office. Um, they they are curious about it, so they 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 stop and ask what we're doing. Um, but yeah, uh, it's it's a it's a learning curve for us as well. Uh, is the first time that we we are we have a presence in a very high football location. Um, so we are now exp experimenting with uh, different ways to get people aware of what we're doing uh, in in the phone box. And it's worth noting. Um, so you guys um, you generally pick up mobiles with your courier service, or your customers leave them in your workshop location in um, in the center of town. Um, and you also offer a warranty on your repairs, correct? Yeah. Uh, yes. A few months ago, um, we started offering a lifetime warranty for the repairs we do. Um, that excludes batteries because they they have a certain lifespan. Um, but for all the other repairs, we offer a lifetime warranty. So uh, that's that's a way of um, showing customers that we stand by the quality of our of the repairs we do, um, and gives them the peace of mind uh, of getting their device repaired with us. 
Did, did this happen as a reaction to people's concerns when they were approaching you for repairs? Um, that probably has been a small factor. Uh, it's more, uh, we, can, we can do it, so why not? Um, it's, it's fine. Uh, we, we, we stand by the quality, so uh, it's just natural. Yeah, well, that's really. Um, I think, I think the, the the tough part, as Ugo was saying, is building the trust with with like a, a business that looks like a pop up business or something kind of curious. Um, but the thing is, if if the people if people were to look up your business, they would see that um, that you do guarantee repairs, that you you are a brick and mortar business um, with a long, uh, you know, record of, of and a long series of good reviews as well. So, and uh, what I'm interested in is, yeah, what's where could this go? Like, where else could repair go in public? Um, because as I was saying, you know, I, I find that people really react, at, especially at our events, just to being able to be close to the mysterious gadgets that they use every day. And so I think there's much more scope for seeing repair and tinkering in public. Where else would you like to see it? Um, well, we, we plan to open more boxes uh, around town. Um, over the next six months, we hope we plan to open another six. Wow! Um, and then, yeah, hopefully we'll we want to take it nationally, um, and also uh, we want to franchise uh, the idea. So um, there are there are people that like to fix electronics, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know some of them. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I think uh, I think um, it can be a great business for uh, one-man bands. Um. There's something potentially more satisfying about that experience than potentially um, the more classic kind of gig economy, you know, experience where where so, there's a platform and somebody comes and meets you and it's um it could that can also be interesting for people to kind of but i think there's something but there's something still quite powerful about a place about there being a, a place where the repair happens it's a special place um, and i guess in places so dense with people like london mm -hmm. the space as also a place that you can run to as soon as you're experiencing a problem and try to get some help or advice, it, it's quite powerful. Of course, yes. you can call people up or, or try to connect uh, with a service, but having a place to go to me still kind of gives me peace of mind for sure well it's also funny i was just thinking about you know the the, the power the iconic power of the phone booth like superman right <laughs> like you know going going to the phone booth for help that's kind yeah. of <laughs> i hadn't thought about yeah. that yeah yeah that was uh, that was the code name for this project <laughs> yeah superman superman well, right also there's the aspect of actually giving a new life to something that was otherwise actually completely there as waste or wasted um, and I come across as I was looking for information about phone boxes in general other types of projects that are flourishing like coffee shops or l small libraries uh, um, where people cross share books and other little projects it's, it's quite interesting how people are making sense of resources that are available even in phone boxes yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I guess the main the main thing about the phone boxes uh, is that um, they're in very good locations across London. Um, so you want that as a business, um, and also, uh, as we all know, property prices in in London are huge. So uh, you have to make use of every 
square meter available. <laughs> <laughs> and you were saying that they come with um, utilities as well. So the, uh, they well they uh, they have power. They have um, well obviously phone lines, <laughs> um, but also broadband. Uh, is that right? Uh, yeah. Well, if you've got a, a phone line, you yeah, can get yeah, broadband yeah. installed. Um, so yeah. You, and so you, you can offer Wi-Fi from them as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, we we offer uh, free phone charging and free Wi-Fi. Okay. Well, we might want to check in with you about this project uh, come the winter time. That was our uh, having having worked in underheated spaces. Ugo and I were wondering how that's all going to play out. But it could be it could be very cozy in there. Also, on the flip side, in the winter time. So. Yeah, we'll yeah. See. Well, we've got uh, we've got a few ideas about how to make it comfortable. Uh, we care a lot about uh, about uh, our technicians, mm -hmm. uh, so um, we we have thought about what we'll do uh, in you know when the weather is not that good, uh, and yeah, it all should be okay. Yeah. Well, it might actually be cool to be out. Um, more motivating to see the footfall and the people out anyway your technicians so are they going to be on a rota or are, they, are all of your technicians interested or just some of them um, interested in it um, most of them are interested yeah. um, we want to keep rotating them so they don't get too bored of yeah. the same space <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah the feedback we got from them uh, has been good the feedback we got from the public has been great uh, so yeah it all looks uh, looks very good at the moment that's great. Well, it's really cool. We're going to have to go plan our visit. <laughs> You're listening to Restart Radio on Resonance 104.4 FM. Um, we're here with Alex Pargescu of Love Phone in London. And Alex, uh, it's great to learn how your concept uh, not just for the phone box but for love phone is evolving as the repair economy keeps changing and maybe reopening up in some respects do you find that more people are actually more open to the idea of repairing phones and the other gadgets that you repair um definitely yeah um i'm i'm still amazed to hear uh some days that there are still people that only now have learned that they can get their device fixed yeah um so i'm wondering how many damaged devices are in drawers across in the uk or you know worldwide because people some people don't even think that they can get their device fixed yeah, well, I think there's a, isn't there that tradition of oh well my screen's broken I'll just wait till my contract ends, um, but for other for other repairs which are probably also quite possible. Yeah. 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 Um, what is the, what, how does what is the breakdown in terms of your um, are you mostly doing screen repairs or are there other kinds of repairs that that are just as frequent? Would you say? Um, well, screens that's that's probably the most common problem. Um, definitely the most common problem. Uh, but then uh, batteries um, and also charging ports and all other components that can get damaged by liquid. That's mm -hmm. quite a frequent uh, thing that happens to, to people. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, yeah, screens and batteries are... Yeah, well, we've sent a number of friends to you. I mean, we, we Ugo, you, you and I both have this experience where, and it's funny because people know what we do, right? But they'll be like, oh, my battery is dead. I think I'm going to 
upgrade and we're like get this look on our eye and we're like no you're not <laughs> just get a new battery <laughs> yeah. yeah and you know i do have at least one friend who's now recently come clean that even though he did upgrade his battery it, the phone after one additional year he finally came clean to having upgraded and got a new phone but at least he kept it for one extra year so that was a start and and we've always said that our community repair events can do so much and can help people um, gain more confidence. But sometimes people just need something done to their device. And it's a great step if they take the initiative and go to a store like your business or others, obviously, and uh, contribute to changing the lifetime expected uh, of phones. Um, is iPhone and iPads the, the bulk of your work at this stage um yes yeah um that's because of a number of reasons um they're they're very popular um and also uh, there's less fragmentation in the market um samsung's um although we'd love to do more repairs on samsung's uh most of the time it's pretty difficult just because they've got different variations of parts for the same model so uh, all of a sudden you have to stock parts for you know for one model you have to uh, stock parts for, uh, to three different screens types of screens and then the colors and um, it, it, they make it very difficult <laughs> and to repair them and the parts for some of these devices are actually very expensive yes yeah especially for Samsung's, uh, mainly the screens, uh, mainly because they use uh, this OLED technology, um, which is more expensive to manufacture, and there are limited options in terms of uh, suppliers. Do you find that your uh, potential clients or customers are often surprised by the costs, or you know, that, that, that they just... Um, that they didn't ever consider that when they were buying the device. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Quite quite a few people are um, surprised, as you said, by, by the costs. Um, it's still, it's very difficult to judge when, when it stops making uh, sense economically to fix a device. Um, from my point of view, as soon as the repair is more than half the cost of the device, then it stops becoming uh, economically feasible. Yeah, yeah, but that that actually permits quite a lot. I mean, quite. A, I mean, these devices are actually quite pricey. So, yeah. Except, I guess a lot of people buy these devices on contract, so they pay every month maybe twenty yeah. pounds for the device. So when they see a bill for maybe one hundred and twenty pounds for a repair even though it's definitely less than half the cost of the device, they might perceive that as outrageous and not really worth it. But does it happen sometimes? It does happen. It doesn't happen that often. Um, some some people shop around. Um, there are different op options in terms of uh, costs uh, of a repair. Um, we're not the cheapest, but um, we, we try to offer quality. So... Um, we we can't compete. On yeah, well, price. we've definitely seen. So, I mean, at restart parties, we've seen botched professional in quotes repairs, where <laughs> where we've seen you know really dodgy parts used, um, 
where we've seen basically, yeah, just just absolutely shoddy work. And we also see that uh, sometimes customers don't, they don't um, act in a way that guarantees their rights. So they kind of were like, did you get a receipt for this? You know, did you, you know, it, it, and, and we, there's nothing we can really do but ask people just to, to do their research. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, as the sector evolves and, you know, you're starting with the phone box, other people are st open shops inside uh, shopping malls. So other chains uh, have added mobile phone repair on top of other services. So there seems to be momentum growing for commercial repair of these devices. As an independent uh, provider of these services, how do you see the main challenges evolving going ahead? From my point of view, the, b the biggest challenge is the evolution of technology. Um, these devices are getting smaller and smaller and trickier, trickier to repair. Um, you now get more and more um, functionality on only one chip. And when that chip goes, the, the cost of repair is higher than replacing individual chips. So, um, yeah, I think, I think that's the biggest challenge uh, for the medium to long term. Um, and are manufacturers trying to control access to parts and kind of close the loop, as they say? In other words, um, is, it, is it becoming harder to get spare parts or to potentially even reused parts for those repairs as manufacturers start to try and you know, capitalize on, on, on making money off of repairs, off of secondary markets, reselling refurbished devices, would you say? Um, we've noticed, yeah, that trend. Um, it hasn't affected us badly so far. Um, it would be great if they would change their policies because even, I mean, I understand why they would want to do that. Um, if we speak about Apple, for example, they want to control the whole user experience uh, from the moment they sell the device until the end of the uh, life of the device. Um, but they, they, they just can't cope with the whole market uh, for for repairs. Yeah, um, I mean, they sell something, was it like over 200 million of the latest iPhone? How are they ever going to deal with those 200 million devices? Allegedly, if you have a broken screen today, there's no way you can get it repaired by Apple maybe for a week. And you might have to go and queue the same way you would queue to get a ticket for a show, like one hour before they open the store, if you actually want to have a chance. So I can appreciate that services like what you provide actually fill a massive gap in the market. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, generally the waiting time is yeah about a week um, if you need any, any repair done. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know exactly. They might, they might have a backup plan, but... Uh, I don't know. They, with the with the demand we see, they would probably have to open quite a few uh, stores just to do repairs um, across the whole country. And uh, you know, if you if you look at Europe, for example, um, in the UK, I think they've got about thirty shops, but in France, I think there are only two. So, servicing all those devices, it's basically impossible without well you know, without huge lead times. And a lot of people might not know that it's not possible for a shop like yourself to actually buy from them uh, genuine spare parts. You have to buy them from other suppliers uh, uh, 
that make good versions of the same components but not exactly the same it, it depends some some components yeah we can get the exact part but we, where did they come from we don't know exactly um, they all come from China everything is manufactured there nowadays um, we've got we work with a number of suppliers we we've, we've been looking for good suppliers for a very long time um, so yeah we, we try to source the highest quality parts um, but uh, yeah they don't they don't sell parts and uh, I think that's a problem um, yeah in the long term I don't know I think rather than trying to make devices less repairable which seems to be the trend with most of the manufacturers they should try to make people use the devices for as long as possible. Yeah, well, and we see also, um, even at the end of life, this, Ugo and I have talked about the uh, Liam, the recycling robot. Yeah. And this notion that Apple will be able to close the loop fully and take back all of those hundreds of millions of phones and disassemble them all on machines. It's a bit, um, it's a bit fantastical at this point. It's, it's a compelling idea or concept or video, but, you know, there will be, as they say, leakage. There will always be phones out in the wild. So there will always be a role for, for repair and recycling businesses to, to fill the gaps. Yeah, but also I think a, a few months ago I saw statistics at one of your, your events, uh, and you were saying that about 80 or 90% of the carbon footprint is generated during manufacturing of the device. Uh, so you want to keep that running for as long as possible rather Absolutely. than disassemble it with a robot. Yeah, we're waiting for the next Apple announcement be that they've actually cleaned up manufacture, but I think that's years away. So, yeah. yeah. And, you know, we, we see news and one broke exactly last week about um, flaws discovered in existing products that they uh, manufacture. And specifically, we read last week about a touchscreen chip flow in the iPhone 6 yep. which you've experienced uh, as well at your shop yeah we, we've seen this issue uh, probably not as often as the media says um, we've seen it we're familiar with it uh, but these kind of issues have been there all the time it's now probably the, the, the whole error 53 thing back in back in spring, made people focus on Apple um, on these kind of issues. Uh, but uh, yeah, on the iPhone 4, there was, a, there was a very similar issue with the audio chip where you, you wouldn't be able to hear people during phone calls. Uh, on the iPhone 4S, there was an issue with the Wi-Fi and Bluetooth chip, uh, again, uh, which would come loose. Um, but it, it doesn't happen only to, to Apple's devices. Um, it's the same thing. The same thing happened with the PlayStation 3 uh, and Xbox. Um, it, it is in the nature of devices to to get this kind of faults. Yeah. Now it's up to the manufacturer how they respond uh, to these issues. But there certainly are uh, cases where if the manufacturer admits a fault, uh, it might and actually recalls the devices and makes sure that people get a good experience, uh, people will probably stick with the brand. But surprisingly, it looks like many times people still buy products from the same manufacturer, irrespective of whether they've been 
treated fairly in this respect. And we need to do something about this because we just need more transparency about it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but it's also, well, I think it's also um, the lack of options. I mean, okay, you, you, you don't like how Apple treats you. Uh, I don't know any manufacturer that treats you exactly as they should. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. We live in a duopoly now between Android and iOS. We yeah. have very few options, actually. And yeah, they're both pretty disappointing at times. As <laughs> yeah. I experience day in, day out. Well, Alex, thank you very much for your time today. My pleasure. And, uh, so if people want to find out more about LoveFone, it's lovephone.co.uk. Yep, that's right. Excellent. Um, You've been listening to Restart Radio. This week, we don't have any Restart Party upcoming in London. They are starting again as of Saturday, the 10th of September in Havering. You'll hear more about upcoming events in next episodes. You can find out more about the Restart Project at uh, therestartproject.org or on social media at Restart Project. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>